I have relegated that thing to the past. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> the keep... thing has been banished from yeah. our time. Yeah. You you sent it to the phantom zone. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to Did I Do That? It's a show about kind of uh, graphic design and the mistakes we make on the way to making designs because. You know, it's 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 all part of the process. Uh, I'm Sean Schumacher, and joining me today is a colleague, a friend, an assistant professor of graphic design here at the Portland State University. She is perhaps best known as the director of the the film Graphic Means, which is about kind of the history of design before before we had these computers, these beep boop machines, doing so much of our work for us, making making life so much easier. Uh, and there's no problems for that. Uh, and also. She's the editor of a brand new book called Baseline Shift, the untold stories of women in graphic design history. Please welcome Bray Levitt. Hi. Hello. hello. Thank you for being on this very dumb show. I have to tell you, I'm actually an associate professor. You're an associate professor. I have associate written down on the card and I said assistant. You said assistant. Oh. What are you trying to do? Take away all my work no. from me? <laughs> These are, but this, I, this is the fun of academic ranks is that they make no sense. No, they don't. I mean, who was I assi- start, an assistant to? You're, yeah. I, you're an assistant and who, right now, who are you assisting? Well, no the problem one but is yourself. I'm assisting everyone, which is maybe an unhealthy you shouldn't work-life be. balance situation for me. You should um, be assisting yourself and your students. Yeah. That's it. But the natural progression from assistant is not to associate a word that is like a filler word. Well, you're also. Like TK, TK professor. Yeah. You're an associate of everyone so yeah none of it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) and i i love that the word that everyone calls us is like the the highest rank the full professor just professor yeah nothing else like it doesn't it doesn't really make you feel like you achieved yeah because they remove the the other words yeah like when i was when i was just a part-time teacher and an adjunct as we call it in the biz yeah they would call me professor too and it's that's i'm not that yeah you know, there's a lot of confusion around it. Students generally don't know and don't no. care. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're not researching your CV before they start in your class. Yeah. Although I uh, I am the kind of person that did do stuff like that. <laughs> well, you are a special, special guy. It was harder to do back then because yeah. people were not. I went to school a thousand years ago yeah. and the Internet was not yet really a going concern for schools. Like yeah. my my community college's website was just like basically the classic like 1996 Yahoo homepage yeah. that had 400,000 links on it. Right. You know, I mean, there were definitely I definitely had professors that I had to call by Professor so-and-so. Oh, really? Not not in my design department so much, but in my English class or any humanities classes. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I feel like that sort of formality is like so much more common yeah. in those spaces. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we did so much in design. We're, you know, we're designers are just very, we're very informal. We we're, love. We're cash. Yeah. We wear jeans and Doc Martens to work. <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> well, but yeah, like, so you, I mean, you've done so much work in spaces around like kind of exposing the history of what <clears throat> design was. Cause I, we have a lot of students that come into this field that just starting out and they think like design computers, they're BFFs. There's only that. Even when I started, I started on a computer because it was 95, 96. Um, oh, right but there I was, yeah. I mean, I was in San Francisco though. So naturally our school was adopted very early, but 
we still had a lot of the trappings, I guess, of um, manual production. I had to mount just about everything and I had to have oh, overlays yeah. and, and certain things like that. I was aware of some of it. I had to do, I had to take a class in marker drawing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Well, my school, San Francisco State, had more weight towards product design. And, oh. and so the drawing class was product design drawing. Yeah. <laughs> And that was not yet digital. I mean, it was pretty cool, actually. We had to draw everything with all the gray tone markers. And Ooh. yeah, it was kind of neat. And I had to design um, a product and I designed like a PDA, a, pre- a personal digital assistant. <laughs> you know, I just thought that was those were really cool. I knew my dad was really into them. Oh, I I was so into them. I remember. Ooh, I remember the great shame of telling I want to say it was maybe my my fifth grade class how excited i was about kind of the future being pdas and some girl at another table going public displays of affection Uh, (laughs) and just feeling like i was the tiniest person in the entire world um but then i bought myself a newton a wonderful apple oh there was a period when apple was charging barn burner type prices just we need to get rid of these things oh oh, yeah we Uh the the place where they buried all the et video games out in the new mexico desert is filled up so they were such a neat concept you know they, they really were cool and they they had a stylus i think they did yeah I which think. you were very losable extremely yeah. losable yeah also extremely losable battery pack which was what did my yeah so my school was um had some of those things but yeah we were you know i was making most of my stuff on the computer but i i definitely had a vague idea of how things were done we de- i remember being shown a video about graphic design and what it entails. So they were showing us some video that was probably from the late 80s and, you know, just what we can expect in our new career. Oh, sure. And I got scared because I it, it was like graphic design entails a lot of math and calculation and, you know... <laughs> I don't really know why they showed it to us because were they were they maybe a little over enrolled and they wanted to to kind of fix their numbers a little bit. Uh, can I, we get some people over to the art major? I think they had always shown this video for years and they they didn't really put two and two together that it was no longer necessary to talk about you know specking type and things like that. So I didn't even fully understand everything that was happening in the video. Yeah, I came back to this stuff just because I go to the thrift store all the time and I was looking at books that showed all these processes and I loved it and I was putting more of the pieces together and I knew my students had no idea. Yeah. And probably didn't even think about it much. No. And they seem like, I I think you've experienced the same thing that I have, which is like, they really, they really do think that there, there was a start to graphic design and it was like 1995 or something. Yeah. And before that, or they, like, or they just don't think about how things came together. It's not it's not that they don't care. It's just sort of like not yeah. doesn't enter their mind, really, until you say something like like in lectures, they say, by the way, there was no Photoshop when this was made. You yeah. know, uh, they go, wait a minute. Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. Huh? So, yeah. And that's that's what really sparked it all. You, you, you started out in the Bay Area. You got Mm -hmm. your, you got your undergrad there. And then, Mm -hmm. then you went off to, you, you know, Pip Pip Cheerio, the UK. Yeah. Well, first I, I worked 
for a few years because I I truly believe um, in not going directly to grad school. I didn't think I would go to grad school, but I went to work for a while at Discovery Channel stores, their headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. And that was tremendously educational for me. My boss, she was great to me and she helped me, you know, just develop my skills. I learned how to deal with working with other people who had other jobs within the company. And then I managed to get hired as the art director at Bitch Magazine. And that was only a part time job. And I thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to support myself? So my boss at Discovery Channel, when I went to her, I said, look, can I can I work three days a week? And she said, yes, you can. And I'm going to keep your salary the same. Wow. And I I mean, I it blew my mind. She was a really important person in my early days. Yeah. And then and then I got to work with just incredibly smart and challenging people at Bitch. Magazine. Yeah, I guess I had my timeline all mixed up because I you you were you were their founding art director. Over, no, 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 oh, not founding. No, but, Ben Shaken was. Oh, yeah. Well, but you were you were a very early art director. there. Yes, I and, was uh, third. And like, I didn't realize that that was before grad school for you. Yes. So I was before grad school and after. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like I was there and then I decided to go to grad school. I thought I don't nothing's holding me down. This is my chance to live abroad. And, you know, it's the only way I can live abroad. Like, it's very hard to live abroad as yeah. an American. And I thought I needed to push my work ultimately. Like, I, I didn't intend to be a professor because I just didn't even know that what it required, to be honest, was required <laughs> for it. I just wanted to get better. Yeah. And so I went and it, it was very transformative for my the way I thought about my work. And when I came back, I was doing freelance. But after a little while, the art director who was there moved on and I and I stepped in again. Again, who you work with is so important. And I love working with feminists and I love working with content, you know, that is interesting, educational and maybe dense is a better word. But I do better with sort of informational content. Yeah. Some some meaty some stuff. Meaty, yeah. meaty. Yes. I've done some branding and stuff like that. But I, you know, I actually became a designer because I originally wanted to design exhibitions for like science and history museums. So I kind of do that, but now it's just for publications, you know, didactic kind of design, but it's in books. Has has a lot more life to it, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Exhibitions go away and books stick around. You, you don't you don't have that great moment at the end of Strike where you're just all the things are being put in the garbage. Yeah, can. it must be. <laughs> oh, look so at my horrible. beautiful thing. Yeah. Although I've had that with books, too. And it's not it's maybe not awesome. Although there was one that I did throw away and I was very, very happy about all the throwing away I did of it. I mean, magazines get recycled, but if they are loved enough, they get shared, yes. you know, passed on to someone else. Or, I mean, God willing, they make their way to doctors or dentist offices mm-hmm. and then they live forever. I mean, it's going to be a pretty chill doctor's office that carries bitch magazine. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I would want to go to that doctor or dentist. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot better than country living or whatever. Whatever's there was, in there. I, I, I used to have a Kia um, and I went to the Kia dealership to have it serviced, which is a really great thing when you are, you know, it's COVID times and mm-hmm. you are on a stretch of highway. So there's no place to go. So you are just in the dealership with your mask on for two hours. Oh. But I discovered their magazine pile and they, they did have an issue of country living.
Living from 1996. Wow. It had like ads for the Previa in it. And it's just like. Refresh this I, shit. Yeah. It's like the magazine is older than your car dealership. I don't even think Kia was in the U.S. at that point. Wow. What? How did you get this? It was great, though. <laughs> Good times, great oldies. That's what they say about <laughs> classic little, country. Little archaeology for you there. All little... the wordiest advertisements oh, in yeah. the world. That's for those of you that are like younger, you you may not be familiar with how many words used to be in advertisements. It was oh, yeah. a million. Yeah, it was like a whole story. Yeah. Told in an ad. Yeah. Like you would see like the the classic Volkswagen ads of like there's the big picture and then there's like mm. two columns of text underneath that are little tiny. That's like a small amount of text compared to most advertisements yeah. of that era. And and get back to the Victorian era. Forget about it. Yeah. Text ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> You They'll are, tell you every little detail about their product that will cure all your <laughs> bowel movement issues. All, all of them accurate, for sure. Yeah. You, you'd have no idea how good cocaine is for right, right. for the the bowel, apparently. There are so many bowel products. Yeah. they're What what were they what eating? What was going on with their bellies? Yeah. I don't know. Not that our diets are better or anything like that. Maybe they just weren't eating a lot of greens. That's probably it. I'm thinking Americans and Brits, at least. Yeah. All the sewage in their water and whatnot probably mm-hmm. is not also great for the the old constitution yeah <laughs> but i guess that's a problem we have sometimes here too like when yeah. it rains yep. portland yep. don't be in the river when it rains because you will have some stinky stuff near you yeah. yeah so yeah you 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 worked at bitch magazine for a bit yeah then headed off to the uk went to central st martin's and you know i think it was nice for me to go there and get sort of a different angle of design yeah you know be around a very international group i'd say only a quarter of my program cohort were british really yeah it was great to be around such a international group and see just how conceptual things get in europe compared to in america yeah like what does cuz i don't have a a a mfa in design i have an mm-hmm. mfa in art like what what does an mfa in in design or I guess an MA in design. Yeah, it's an MA in the UK. So I was in a group with people who are making work that had to do with outdoor spaces because I I was making a walking book, hiking book for a region outside of London that's looked at. I mean, it's funny when I look back, it it was about history of the space and hiking. It it combined the two things I like, which is history and hiking and looking at, you know, as you walk through these trails, some of the parts of these trails are really ancient and you're 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 passing these stately homes. Then you're going to this train station that has this brutalist, you know, 60s look. (laughs) So much concrete. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty of England is is these contrasts. The book was sort of visualizing all these eras and trying to challenge the usual format of a hiking book. Yeah. And our tutor was he was very into wayfinding and outdoors. He was a hiker himself, or as they say over there, a rambler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the rambling culture, like Americans may not realize that there's just like there's like you were saying, like these ancient paths that are like a thousand years old in some cases. They just go through people's back. Yeah. And you just like wander, you you cross over fences and stuff and it's just like stop in a pub for lunch. Yeah. It's really nice. It's not, it's not like there's a, it's sort of a culture of like middle-aged people. (laughs) You know, unlike here, there's a lot of like young people that like to hike and get stoned and it's not really like that over there. (laughs) It's like moms and dads and grandparents and stuff. So it was always, I always thought it was funny when I was on the trail. I just sort of felt like the youngest person on the trail. (laughs) It's fun. 
I mean, is it is it generally like a pretty a pretty low key hike in terms of just like elevation? And oh, yeah. Stuff? I got really cocky because I was like, I'm from California. We have mountains. Yeah. This, this place has fells, which are like. That's, that hills. doesn't even sound impressive. Yeah, it's a hill, really. So I went to. Um, Good try, UK. That's you picked a worse word. Well, I got really cocky and I went to Helvellyn, which is their tallest mountain. And I, I was like, I'm going to. Oh, that, that actually does sound a little a little nervous. I know. Helvellyn. I mean, yeah. it sounds scary. And I happened to go there when the weather was rainy. I didn't have the right gear. It was not great. Oh, no. It was a bit. There was some areas where it was a bit rocky. Did you have to climb? Someone loaded, loaned me their rain gear, thankfully. I had I had hiking boots. And also the guidebook I had was more of a reference book by A.W. Wainwright, who made all these small reference books that had have these amazing diagrams of various walks and all the views from above and sort of different ascents you can make. But it's not a geological survey map. That's what you need to do something like Helvellyn. And I was like, I have my A.W. Wainwright, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was not good. I, I got humbled real fast. Oh, no. And you can't and you certainly can't do that stuff in Scotland. Scotland is where and Wales is where it's really legit. It's, it's, it's very cold. It's I would like imagine. The, it's like the Hobbit in there. Oh, no. So I in the South, it's like little hills. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, what's Game of Thrones. It's like the South is all easy peasy and the North is where it's rough. There's, there's some there's some uh, Teletubbies music playing as, yeah. you're, as you're walking over those little fells. But. Yeah, it's all golden sunshine. No, that's it gets rainy there, too. I loved it. I love being there. I managed to make my work about the outside so that I could go hiking and I could travel around. And damn it, that's a good idea. I should have done that instead of this. That's <laughs> a, jo- a-, a job that has me confined to a windowless room. Oh, yeah. Dark room <laughs> with foam on the walls. Yes. I can't even have the overhead lights on because they buzz so much. Oh, man. But yeah, that's that sounds that's so awesome. Yeah. But that that also like dovetails with one of the here here in the uh, the PSU graphic design program. We have a a terrible building. Yeah. Um, And inside the terrible building, we once had a weird little vending machine. Mm. And that was where I got a, I I think the very first, I think I hadn't even met you yet, but Mm. I got this out of there you're one of your inside or into the brambles yeah guides which i assume is kind of like part of that series yeah that sort of came from when i i did my walking book in the uk and then i made one for a walk in the hills of oakland yeah and um you know it's a there's a there are beautiful parks in the hills of oakland berkeley uh el cerrito um and this was not as You know, I couldn't do as much uh, non-traditional stuff with it because I had to print it and I had to be able to afford it. Yeah. You know, my other one, I had used all different kinds of paper and I made these wild (laughs) die cuts and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, that was really fun, too. I just continued making work around that because I I enjoyed it. I I, I mean, I, I loved that. That little thing. And it's like the perfect little size. It's like a little. That was influenced by A.W. Wainwright. Yeah. He's he's an inspiration to me. How so? Yeah, like what? So you you mentioned that book. Like it yeah. is it is more of an overview. The the Wayne yeah. Book. It's like, a, what does he, it look like? He was a he was an accountant who loved walking. <laughs> from the this was in the fifties. I I love how like. Up until like 20 years ago, you could just be anything. And if you wanted to do anything else, you'd just be like, yeah, I'm doing this now. Yeah. Like there's so many buildings in Portland that are just like the architect was some guy. 
and oh he just God. wanted to, some of them are falling down. Yeah. But, you know, like the building that I lived in when I was a student was just like a guy who wanted to make a building. And so he did it and no wow. one stopped him because wow. he had the money to do it, I guess. So uh, capitalism works, I guess, is what I came to. I mean, maybe that's not a good. This is a little uh, more humble. This yeah. guy was just making a book. <laughs> A more a more attainable goal, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, he just started recording some information about showing different ascents you could take. The coolest thing was he does these diagrams from the top of the fell or the mountain where it's a 360 view and he tells you everything that you're looking at in a diagram format that I hadn't seen before. So he's he's an information designer, basically. And then everything is handwritten. Oh, so it's, it's, it's very neatly written, but it's got this very warm quality to it. And it's about, you know, five. By six. So it's like it's kind of like you're reading a little beautifully information designed journal. Essentially yes, yes, about- exactly. Like you feel like you picked wow. up someone's field guide, you know, that he's been collecting this information. But in fact, you know, it's been you know, it's been checked and. Yeah, I can show you some. I would love to see. I this also reminds me of a book that I picked up very, very recently that I should show you, which is kind of kind of the opposite in terms of scale. It's like this. I mean, it's a it's a case bound, hard, hard cover book Mm -hmm. that is I mean, it's coffee table book size. But like the entire thing is this beautiful like gouache painting and like. It's all like hand done script and it's it's just about kind of nature in Oregon. And oh, I love that. Like stuff. It feels like it's just a just a journey. Just I a journey love those. I've been looking at recently again at the, the books by illustrated by the guy who did the gnomes books. The gnome. I, yeah. I had never seen the gnome book, but I, I went to somebody's house for, for uh, Thanksgiving and they had the gnome book. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. The gnome book is astonishing. Yeah. It's Just incredible. It's uh, like there's so it's all hand lettered, right? Uh, hand lettered and obviously hand painted and like it's gouache or yeah, it's a very thick. It's a very thick volume yeah. all about kind of gnomes and their ways as if it as if it's an anthropological like. Yeah. But it feels like you're reading someone's, you know, you know, notebook about them. This is someone who has been collecting. This is their life's work. They've been secretly They've infiltrated right. the gnomes right. and now they're gnomes, true secrets revealed the Fox special. Right. Essentially. And I, his name is like Hartfeld or something. It's yeah, I, something. I, I, it's he's Dutch. So that one was written by one person and then the illustrator. But that illustrator has done a lot of things. And the other night just needed to chill out. I was kind of over energized and I pulled out his book called The Forest. And it's Ooh. just beautiful, beautiful studies of different animals, foxes, deer, rabbits, hares. And handwritten wow. notes about their their lifestyle, what they eat, everything. Uh, I was actually just about to upload that to the Fonts and News site because there's a typeface that's used in it that I'm curious about. Oh, yes. And that's so those of you who don't know, maybe maybe if you are a graphic designer and you're like, what was what a font? What <laughs> what does this font do? Or you just want some like little reference material? Fontsanduse.com, I believe. Yes. Is a truly astonishing compendium of fonts that are in use in places. I did a bad job describing it. Well, it just shows fonts in use in in actual published works. Yeah. And I use it mostly to look for different eras of type, really. Yeah, because it's it's all eras, really. Like it goes, mm -hmm. there's stuff from the 1800s in there, like, but also one of the creators uh, has a specialty in 19th century. I I would say he's done a lot of research around that. I tend to like, 
you know, a lot of there's a lot of good, you know, mid-century 70s stuff. So, yeah, I, if I put it up on there, I can expect that one of them or someone else can leave a comment and tell me what that typeface is. And then it's there for other people to discover. Yeah. So and you can like if you find a typeface that you're like, ooh, yeah, ooh, and you can you can see like how because I like there's there's like a personality like. If you are not a graphic designer and you're listening to this show and you're wondering like, what, why, why are there so many fonts? There's too many fonts. Yeah. Cause they all like have different personalities. And like right. when you mix them together, you can really change that personality. You can make it a lot funkier or a lot, you know, stinkier. Or yeah. Other, other terms that are maybe more visual, <laughs> you know. I think it's also a good way to understand the history of the development of typefaces and sort yeah. of where the context for, you know, how things developed, you know, what did Cooper Black, how was it used when it first came out versus how it was a sort of co-opted, you know, things <laughs> to, like that. To be used for, for rude t-shirts right. in 2012. Right. Or the 70s first. Yeah, that's true. So The history of rude t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> It's everything's cyclical, of course. And I've I put something up there that I was able to get more information because someone saw someone who knew more about it than I did could offer information in the comments. So that was cool. Oh, that's so that's so cool. So, Briar, you 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 brought in some things, I believe, for us to to look at. Or really, you you brought a a, a story. I have a story. I should say. You I brought don't have a story a thing because I have relegated that thing to the past. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> the keep... thing has been banished from yeah. our time. Yeah. You, you sent it to the Phantom Zone. It might exist in an archive, to be honest. I mean, weirdly, might... I can tell you why. Because it was I, it was made for bitch and oh, really? everything gets archived at. Uh, I can tell you later. I forget where things get archived, but some Do they have like a, some like university. a storage unit. Oh, they it's actual like it's a university collection. type. Yeah, of like that's fancy. The papers and a lot of proofs and things like that have been sent for. A long, many, many years to this university. And I want to say what's, what's I think it starts with a D and I cannot think of it. It's a big the one. University. It's a big uh, one. Anyway. Dan's University. Yeah, it's Dan's he, University. He runs you it got out. it. Yeah. He <laughs> runs it out of his basement. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. They have two degrees. So it may exist like in some folder. <laughs> yeah. That's so. OK. So now I'm now I'm very curious. So it was it was a thing that you made. At Bitch Magazine. Was this yes. during your first? Yeah, it was like tenure? right when I got there. Okay. I, I, I'm probably like. You're fresh out of 22, school. maybe 23. I had started at Discovery Channel as a production artist doing like signage for prices for tchotchkes, like bouncing balls. <laughs> yeah, I, we should circle back. What did, because I, I remember the Discovery Channel store selling a lot of kind of like Brookstone-y type of. Yeah, it sold. But like more science. Weird tech yeah. that wasn't quality. You know, it's like if you want to buy technology, don't buy it at the mall, <laughs> you know. And then it sold, you know, some cute toys, you know, little these little things like bouncing balls and dinosaurs and things like that. One of my big jobs was just to go through these long cork files and update prices and things like that. Eventually, I got to design the posters that went in the windows. Well, that was very exciting. That's much more glamorous. Yeah. And I did a lot of signage for mall events. So oh, like, <laughs> like what kind of events is Discovery Shark, Shark? Of course. I mean, the only vestige of Discovery Channel as educational institution that's kind of left. I know. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. It's all it's all truck drivers now and their their icy adventures. I had to do I do remember doing stuff for um, what was his name? Chris. 
He did the decorating show. I mean, they were already on that path oh. when I was there. So, um, there have been so many dumb phases of reality TV on those channels. Yeah. And the sad thing is I had just missed a good period because they had just bought out the nature company, which was a really beautiful oh, yeah. shop. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. They had a beautiful identity that I think was either done by Pentagram or... I forget who actually did the identity, but it was beautiful. Big, and I would have, I would have been happy. I would have been happy to work with that identity, but no, I had to work with this four color logo that was really awkward. <laughs> Bizarre logo that they had until yeah. like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's got a bar and it's got the globe. Right. And it's a got four all color globe, like not smart. It's got the ugliest way you could write the word discovery, basically. Then I got promoted to designer. I'm, you know, I have more experience. I understand more about the printing process. But we at Discovery Channel, we had people who were print buyers. That's their job title. So they managed all the printing. Like I would come and look at the color with them. We had a print box there and everything. Yeah. We had two people who managed the printing because we had so many shops. You're you're making the design and they're handling all the logistics of turning it into real thing. God, that would be amazing. It's pretty posh. So, you know, then here I am, uh, art director, going from designer to art director. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I couldn't call myself art director. I felt felt totally wrong. I mean, now I don't think people have a problem doing that, but <laughs> I felt weird. I just call, I said I was a designer for pitch, but uh, I was in over my head. I mean, I can say it now. I don't think I was admitting it to myself at the time. But I thought, oh, this is no problem. It's, it's a black and white magazine. Yeah, sure. It's 96 pages, but. Um, was it was it a monthly at that? Time? No, no. Quarterly. OK. You know, and the cover was in color. You know, at first I thought, yeah, no problem. You know, I was I felt a little like this is not going to be a problem. But once <laughs> I was in there, how much? But that's like 90 percent of starting out in design, though, is yeah. like this. This will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I get there. And of course, the bitch offices do not have the posh things that I was used to, like a printer that printed with PostScript. Oh, no. So, that seems quite basic even then. I know. Oh, it was no. very so I'd print things out. They would be pixelated. And yeah, I, I, I forget. Post- I, I had a workaround. I forget what it was like. I had to do so much troubleshooting, like, yeah. you know, as a as a designer in the in the early 2000s and then the 90s, you had to be able to just troubleshoot a lot. Yeah. And like there's so many things we take for granted now of just like you send a thing to a printer and it looks like the thing that you sent. But yeah. like PostScript was like this very I mean, I think Adobe still charges 10 bazillion dollars to use it, mm. which is why so few printers have it for real now and just have like knockoff things. Knockoff, yeah. But like that was like the only thing that you could have in your printer that would make it print good. Otherwise, it would just yeah, be it's like. Yeah, it's funny because this was, this had to be 2001, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> printers. I, we talk about printers as like they've not gotten any better in a long time, but there was a period where they were just bad. Yeah. Unless you were spending five thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, that was a problem for this little magazine. There was an issue that was done right before the previous art director left. We needed to make some postcards with the image that they photographed. So we used to use this printer called four by six, which is one of these online printers. Those already existed where you just oh wow send in a PDF and they print it. You'd only get a soft proof. That was my first time dealing with a printer like that. Now, keep in mind, I had had these print buyers who sat in a desk right next to me who 
help me with all the stuff. And they worked with printers who would check your files. Yeah. Like so, to, get a, to get a thing printed, there's like even now, there's still a lot of people that have eyes on it and are touching it and mm-hmm. will probably complain at you about various things. Right. It was the pink issue. And it was all these. What are those Easter um, marshmallow? Oh, the peeps. The peeps. It, were, it was pink peeps. Uh Oh, and everyone loved the shit out of this cover. And I was so so I, I made this postcard with the, <laughs> it's already starting to get a dangerous yeah place. and we were making postcards for it I, we were gonna sell the postcards as you know oh, in our no. shop and i submitted it as an rgb file oh no and they don't that printer they just gang everything up they don't check anything so yeah rgb is the visual like the color system of the screen and cmyk is the color system of print and like I it's always been like you do you do files in CMYK if you're going to print them. Right. Um, And if you do RGB in the print, it looks bad. But I yeah. we, we we had a field trip to a, a printer here in town and we talked to a prepress person and he straight up told us, do not send us files in CMYK. Send us RGB files. What? And it was wow. it felt like he punched me in the mouth. <laughs> Well, I bet they have now. I guess they have software that probably does something automatically. The moral of this story is to ask your printer what they want. Yes. But in this case, you were meant to we were meant to convert it and software did not convert it for you and they did not check shit for you. No. So it came out really washed out. And the person who took the photo was the husband of the co-founder. And he was pissed. Oh, no. And he was oh, he was no. not friendly. He was like a curmudgeon. And I can say this because they're divorced now. <laughs> and she is still a very close friend of mine. But he made me feel like shit. Oh, God. And keep in mind, this was probably 50 bucks. Yeah. And every cent counted for the magazine because it was we weren't a nonprofit yet. But, you know, every penny counted. But at the same time, it was like. You're not really helping. I realize I made a mistake. There's not anything we can do about it. I learned my lesson and I'm sorry it was your photograph. But, you know, the irony of it being a feminist publication and this dude just losing his shit because his (sighs) photo came out washed out. It's like, we're not going to use him. okay? I, you know, that was like, wow, I that really hurt. Like I had never been. And it sounds funny now. It was just some postcards that were sent to a printer, like one of these (laughs) online printers. But I do remember just feeling like. I massively fucked up. And then yeah. I, I I think I talked to my dad about it, who's who's always a calming voice for me. And anytime I've gone to him to talk about career stress, his response is usually something like, is anyone going to die? Yeah, um, that's such a yeah. Like, that's the perspective. Yeah, it's like it's like those fuck ups that happen like really early. Mm-hmm. Like they have so much more uh, impact weight to yeah. them because you feel like you'll never live it down. You're right. And like. And and like we see this with students all the time, like, you know, you'll you'll have a student who like they're in the page layout class and they do a print wrong and they'll Mm -hmm. like never want to print anything ever again. Right. Right. Um, so you, you have to like, you have to cancel, counsel them through, like you learned the bad way of doing it and now you can try it again and it will get better in the safety of school yeah, or the safety of an internship. You can do that. Yeah. And it's like that dude sucks. (laughs) So like if you're in an environment where somebody is going to treat you like dirt for that also, like that's not maybe he wasn't an employee. He was a freelancer and, um, you know, it was, he was out of the picture. I mean, he's out of the picture and everything, but. 
it wasn't long before he would not talk to me like that. My confidence grew and I, you know, he, he was asking me for advice on shit. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard when you're young and you're still gaining your, you know, confidence in your discipline. And, um, I think I had been supported pretty well in my other job. And I was on my own. Like I was the quote unquote art director. Well, I was literally the art director. Did you like, did no you one have any there. other designers working no, with no, you? No, no, no. Oh God. So, oh so God. It's, and, and so that's such a scary position to be in. Yeah, the, the one at, and only. At that age, you know, at a time when computers stuff is still pretty new. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really know that. <laughs> So I'm now, well, it's like, now I'm using it as an excuse after we, making graphic means. But, you know, yeah, I do think we see that work. all the time in students like they don't to them like UI UX is a field that's existed. Right. In perpetuity and not like I mean, it it's really broke recent. like five years ago. Right. As a big thing. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I think on it and I've had little things here and there, but it doesn't it's not going to break me. But that's the thing with print. I will say is like it goes down for good. You put it in print and it's there. And that's what you have to sort of understand if you work in that medium. And for those of you that, you know, for those of you are like pondering which direction you want to go in, that's the beauty of interaction is that you can, you know, update stuff. Yeah. I mean, look at these apps. Sometimes they're updating three times a week. (laughs) I have, I have a male client. It's, uh, it, not a gentleman client, but uh, uh-huh. it, it gives me my email, which is a service that I wish nothing provided. Don't email me, friends. Um, <laughs> it has like three updates a day and it's driving me batty. <laughs> like, it's not right. How how does a developer have the time to be shipping this? <laughs> Just batch them up a little, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But that's like that does go to like that thing that you're talking about. The print like print print is permanent. Print is like. I mean, that's also the beauty of it is yeah that you know for instance i teach history and the things that are printed are easier for me to show they have been yeah. collected more easily i think if the web world and the interaction world are smart right now they'll be better at documenting their stuff but yeah i will say the tech world is faint has so far not been good at keeping track of their legacies no. my understanding is that apple does not have a oh, no. archive when steve jobs came back he threw it all in the trash he had it removed which is such a weird a weird weird energy yeah it's it's interesting which companies have them and which don't yeah. letraset doesn't have one um that's wild but like hallmark has an extensive, incredible archive. I would love to get in there, but I don't think they would let me in there. Oh, I mean, I you, I feel like you're you're the expert in the field of the history of graphic design. Well, like, I'm particularly interested in all their custom lettering because yeah. they have all these photo fonts in there and stuff. But yeah, it's just it, it makes me sad. And then for like Aldis PageMaker, like the first page yeah. design software, the on first the one that really, the one off. that broke, yeah. Uh, he all the all the archives are really just banker boxes that live with the founder. So <laughs> just some, I hope just some he's, floppy disks. You know, I hope he's are... made plans for that stuff. I took pictures of a lot of it, but wow. So that's anyway, if you're in tech and you're, you know, someone who ha- has control, see if you can't make plans for t- and it not stills because like I have yeah. pictures of these websites from the 90s and the early 2000s and it's hard to even know if what was going on. Well, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the thing is like, I, like when I was starting part of the reason I picked web is it seemed, 
I mean, it seemed like a fresh new thing and that mm-hmm. was exciting, but also just it, like I I'm not I'm not a confident gentleman, as as you may have gathered from <laughs> knowing me for so many thousands of years. Um, but like like the idea, especially when I was just starting out, that a thing that I did would be in place forever and I couldn't fix it was so terrifying. And so like yeah. that that pushed me to like to do web instead and like nothing i made then still exists like it just is gone in a way like i'm lucky enough that like i can go on to archive.org and i can see some of the like sort of broken versions of the thing that i made but like anybody who was a little bit older than me and was like doing websites in flash that stuff's just gone it doesn't exist i don't know if we had screen recording back then no not at all um i guess that's the best way to do it yeah like so you gotta you gotta capture that stuff but i I think the other thing too is just like that stuff that work dated very quickly like even websites i made like five years ago are it doesn't matter that's great that's great yeah they're good. They're good for historical posterity. A lot of my work dated. I, I, I came would not back to some to work I made in the in like 1999. Yeah, it was very fun to come back to. It was like me definitely trying to do like some Dave and Carson shit. <laughs> just some, just some real experimental, messy, deconstructed, all over the place type, design. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I was telling another guest on a previous episode that like that was kind of what they were still trying to teach us. I mean, they were still trying to to get us to. I had a teacher tell me that you would never present any work digitally to a client. Which Who is was, a, when was this? This this was in 2008. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we, we were still trained on like you, you, you print a thing out and you put it on a giant piece of black museum board. Oh. And then I guess you, you just have a bunch of museum board cards that yeah. you're, you're shuffling through, which even at the time seemed really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um it's changed so fast it really so. it 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 did and i think i think they were just like a little i mean maybe that was still a going concern in 2008 but i know like by the time i got up here that was like ancient history yeah um portland is portland is a futuristic city in the future um <laughs> in the future we will all have carts that deliver us food i guess um <laughs> We certainly don't have any buildings that have food in them downtown no. anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like I think that also like brings to mind like I, I I wonder I've wondered this about my work because like I mean you've been you've been designing longer than I have and like I there's definitely like a window in which I'm proud of stuff and mm-hmm. like as soon as something starts to cross out of the window of time then I'm just like I can't I can't even look at it but it's also like Mm. A thing that I've just made, I also can't really look at. Like, I'm just aghast at it. Um, Yeah. I mean, stuff that's just been printed is very hard for me to look at. Yeah. But I can like, uh, like, I couldn't look at bitch issues right when I had right when they came out. I was terrified of errors. Yeah. That's the big error. Yeah. (laughs) You, you, I, uh, I once shipped a thing that, um, I realized had a very, very large error in it. Mm. And I didn't realize it until we got until like a month later. And Mm. it was it was a time sensitive piece. And it was just like, no, No. but like nobody said like the thing had passed. So like nobody said anything. So I guess it didn't really matter. It didn't affect. I guess not. I mean, it was a weird it was like a, a part of a 
um, a venue map for an event. Mm. Um, and this was in, I mean, this was like uh, five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, people have the phones and they tell you generally map things now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't change how much time I did put into that map, which was actually a lot of time. Yeah. (laughs) If you see a map, somebody took a lot of time to make it. Just please remember that and don't just throw it in the trash. (laughs) But anyway, I did a bad job with that map because I left off one of the one of the venues of the events. And I guess no one was referencing it because. Well, if you had the address, that's what matters. That that is the thing that matters. And if they said, oh, I can't find it. Well, you're not you're not plotting. I mean, that was a map that uh, up until I came on had just wrong streets on it just like oh. i mean you you hear that about like you know in old map design you'd, you'd have little you, the paper towns and like trap streets and like little things to show in case someone else copies your map that, oh yeah you know this is my map i made this map um that map just had a lot of those in as much as it was not well drawn <laughs> uh. it was entirely wrong in lots of areas oh man um so I, I improved the map part. I just didn't improve the have all locations on the map part, Aww. which is a bummer um, for the one person that was looking at it for that, I Aww. bet. Yeah. They didn't say anything, though, so I'll take it. Well, it had redundant info, so you're It fine. did. It did. It's redundant with regards to all the other ways to get maps that are much better. now. <laughs> not that they're not without problems, certainly. <laughs> That's true. Ooh. Um, I, and I can say that as an Apple Maps user. Um, I love Apple Maps. I love I love how inaccurate all the things are. Wow. Yeah. You're a masochist. It looks better, though. It's a nicer looking. Google just seems to have made theirs just really ugly. They seem yeah, to have but... really sat down and just had a meeting where they said, what if we just take all the things that make things look pretty out of this and just make it really bad looking? So you like. All the colors. Let's make them just form bad. Form over function. Huh? I guess so. Yeah. That speaks to that speaks to me as a person, maybe too much. <laughs> um, although you wouldn't know that looking at. <laughs> well, maybe you would. This 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 studio is a a triumph of neither form nor function. It's bad at all the things it oh, attempts to do. I think it's charming. You're very kind. <laughs> um, it's 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 got a it's got a big a big mess all over the place. Um, <laughs> that's me. Sean Schumacher, a big mess all over the oh. place. So, Ryer, you've done you've done a bunch of things. You've done movies. You've done books. Singular. Each. Well, you did. You did book. Um, <laughs> did movie. I guess book. you. I mean, you did magazines, so people could yeah, go yeah. find those magazines. Publications in yeah. in magazine art. Mm-hmm. Actually, can you get back or, back issues from Bitch? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if any of mine are still in back order. But yeah, if people if we want to get your book, if people want to mm-hmm. get your your movie, how do they do these things? Um, baseline shift. You can go to papress.com. And Graphic Means, you can go to graphicmeans.com. You search Graphic Means Vimeo On Demand, but I really think just going to graphicmeans.com. It's, I mean, you get, then you bet. get the full website experience. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a design student, like search search your library's website because I know like ours has yes ours has it on there, and I yeah. always I've told so many people to go go find it there. Yeah. Well, I like to stream together when students if if they're at home, but we watch together over Zoom. That linotype. I also like to show the Eames film, the painter and the architect. 
That's that's amazing. So graphicmeans.com and papress.com. Yes, yes. Get get Briar's things. And if people want to learn learn more about you, where can mm-hmm. they where can they see your gorgeous website? That is briarlevitt.com. Briarlevitt.com. Yes. Um and and all your social things are linked off of there, I assume. Yeah, well, I'm on Instagram. It's just briarlevitt. So yes, that's this is not the right card. I have so many cards. Um <laughs> So professional. I I I'm I'm trying. They're even they're even like <laughs> I have blue card of host. Yeah. But very host. They're not really they're not really even cards. They're cardstock that we've never used that I cut down yeah. in a weird way. That's how they do it. Uh I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Um it's probably it's cheap to do, I would imagine. Friends, we are uh we are just starting out um as a as a show and I would I would love it if you could spread the word to your friends about this show called Did I Do That? It is really hard when you're just starting out to get get attention. And the best way to spread it is via word of mouth. So, um, you know, tell a friend if you are if you're interested in this goofy thing. That helps a lot. The other thing that helps a lot is if you go to the place that you get podcasts and a subscribe. I, I guess it's hard to listen to this otherwise, but I don't know. Maybe you do it a weird way. But be like, give us a give us a five star rating. I would. I would really appreciate that and especially a written review because those people like to read those, um, especially on the Apple podcast service, which I have definitely called iTunes in a couple of these outros. The uh, the other thing you can do is you can go and learn more about the show via the website that is hopefully going to be up by the time you hear this. Did I do that dot design? And that will link to all the social media things if I did. I did choose to do those, but you can also find some of that stuff in in the show notes. I would imagine the info section of this uh, this particular episode. And yes, my name is Sean Schumacher and this is a show called Did I Do That? And as always, we say. Did I do it good? Did I do a good job? Okay, that's it. Bye. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Bye. Nice to support a company that's not in Silicon Valley for once. <laughs> Why? Now, there's nothing bad that's ever come out of Silicon Valley. It's certainly not the destabilization of all the democracy. Or- There's a water bottle right there. Lovely. I brought water. I brought my own. You brought your own. I don't even have to un- unscrew the cap. Is that what is it water or is it yeah, is it's it water. coffee? It's Ooh. water. I oh. keep this at school. Always have water. That's I mean, it's it's a good a good thing to have. Yeah, and I like the feeling of feeling like I'm drinking coffee but it's just water. <laughs> <laughs> People think you're just so buzzed all yeah, the time. Yeah. Whoa. Always with that coffee. So I brought in the the Bob Ross, the bad Bob Ross drinks that mm-hmm. Kate mentioned and I hadn't really looked at the back of them and I I was kind of shocked when I pulled them out of my backpack and and turned it around and there's 10 milligrams of caffeine in this Bob Ross. Ugh, drink. Good lord, what did they taste like? <laughs> oh, they tasted like I think it was Gage who had the the spot on description, which was it's like a popsicle melted, like yeah. the bad kind of popsicle you get from the Safeway yeah. in the very bottom of the freezer. Yeah. I mean, uh, Red Bull tastes like 
bubble gum or something to me in a way. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> not surprised at all. 